And here we go. Commanding you to bow down. I'm on your side. By branding you as a rebel. But you're not. A traitor. This isn't freedom. This is fear. We are not the government. The government is not us. This is the Welcome, welcome, welcome to Dino Files, episode number 37, recording this in the very early morning, April the 25th. Man, I've been so behind on this show and on doing other things that I need to be doing, but it's for good reason, it's for a very good reason, that reason being Alternative Internet Radio has a new show. Jeremiah Harding has elected to distribute his show Moment of Rage with Alternative Internet Radio, and he's elected to do this. He's he's such a such a cool guy. I've been following him for a very long time. And uh yeah, it's gonna be a lot, a lot of fun. I wanna have him on the show again uh here pretty soon, and I'll be at the end of the show, the last bit I'm gonna do is I'm gonna drop in about uh, 15 minutes worth of show that I was on with him and one of his streams. I was on with him and a few other people. But we'll get to that later. That show, uh, Moment of Rage, is available on iTunes, Google Play Music, and Alternative Internet Radio. On deck for today, Quillet article, as per usual. Something from the fire, as per usual. A few news stories that I'm interested in. Main topic is going to be Nicaragua and what's been going on there over the last week or so. It's, um, it's very upsetting, but we will, uh, we will talk about that as well. First thing though, as per usual, first thing, interesting legislation. This is going to be, uh, one of the very few bits of good news that come out of federal legislation. We have from a, uh, a website that does not look particularly, uh, particularly, uh, we'll just call it newsworthy, but, uh, I do like the story from the joint blog, thejointblog.com, April 18th, a bipartisan group of U.S. representatives have filed legislation that would facilitate government-sponsored research on the use of medical cannabis by veterans. The VA Medical Cannabis Research Act of 2018, H.R. 5520, was filed by Representative Timothy Waltz, Democrat, with 34, what is that? With 34 bipartisan co-sponsors. The measure states that in carrying out the responsibilities of the Secretary of Veterans Affairs, the the Secretary may conduct and support research relating to the efficacy and safety of forms of cannabis on the health outcomes of covered veterans diagnosed with chronic pain, post-traumatic stress disorder, and other conditions the Secretary determines appropriate. Wouldn't that be awesome? I, I really, um, 
I don't have high hopes for this bill, but wouldn't it be wonderful if it passed? Um, I think it would be incredible. Uh, th this is exactly the kind of thing that needs to happen in order to kind of get medical cannabis off the ground on a federal level. And, uh, you know, I, I don't really expect the federal government to, to legalize marijuana. And if they do, I, I, I wholeheartedly expect that many states will then uh, criminalize it on a state level. I, uh, I expect that if the federal government were to legalize marijuana tomorrow, uh, it would be a matter of hours before the Texas legislature had it criminalized again, if it's not already on a state level. Moving on. Interesting article from Quillet. This one is fascinating. Published on April 22nd. That's Quillet.com. Q-U-I-L-L-E-T-T-E.com. You know, I like to read from Quillet. There's an article uh, by Nina Parvini. Nima Parvini, I'm sorry. The Incentives for Groupthink. Very interesting article. I'll just read the beginning of it. In thinking about the extraordinary capitulation of our institutions to the self-avowedly racial, subversive, and altogether pernicious forces of Marxism and intersectionality, there is a temptation to see this development as the execution of a sinister plan. As anyone who has come into human contact with real academics would truly know, the narrative flatters their competence. In this article, I wish to caution the reader against this conspiratorial frame of mind, tempting as it might be, to think like this is to attribute a top-down command and control explanation for a bottom-up incremental phenomena. The point of this article basically is that it lines out why people fall into groupthink and why groupthink is so powerful. Very, very fascinating article. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Story from the Fire, thefire.org, Foundation for Individual Rights in Education. The Coalition for, of Civil Liberties Organizations to Fresno State, colon, First Amendment does not have a disrespectful exception. Uh, this was posted on April 19th. I'll read until I'm sick of it. Yesterday, officials at Fresno State University convened a press conference to announce the initiation of what they promised would be a long investigation into the tweets of Professor Rhonda Girard following the death of former First Lady Barbara Bush. Meanwhile, Fresno State President Joseph Castro took to local television to, to condemn the tweets as not just a free speech issue, but one of common decency and respect, which he views as what a university is about. When asked whether termination of the tenure professor was an option, Castro responded that all options are on the table, a threat he also made in a Fresno area radio show. Speaking to the Fresno Bee, Castro added, This was beyond free speech. This was disrespectful. Today, a coalition of civil liberties organizations, the ACLU of Northern California, Defending Rights and Dissent, Electronic Frontier Foundation, Foundation for Drug Rights and Education, that's fire, uh, National Coalition Against Censorship, PEN America, Project Censored, and the Thomas Jefferson Center for the Protection of Free Expression, sent a letter to Castro rem reminding him that there is no First Amendment exception for disrespectful speech. We explain in the letter, as Fire did yesterday, that the First Amendment restricts the disciplinary consequences that a public university, a government actor bound by the First Amendment, may impose on a professor for speech expressed in her private capacity on matters of public concern, which undoubtedly include the Bush family and the Iraq War. Very interesting thing. I, I, I really like this letter. I've read a chunk of the letter. I have not read the whole thing. I really like it. It's available on the fire.org in this story. They have the PDF attached. Um, this is the kind of thing that, that I find incredibly concerning, especially because when you look at what goes on between uh, the difference between a university and a public school, there are many, many stories about uh, teachers. All you have to do is Google it. Teachers who get fired uh, for political speech that is that should be or is protected under the First Amendment. And yet, these employees of a government institution get fired over it. So I'm wondering, 
What's the difference between a university and a state-run public school? If the university is going to be is going to have all these organizations <laughs> effectively shitting down their throat for threatening to fire somebody for their political speech, why do public schools get to get away with it? This is something that I'm that I that I find fascinating. Everybody wants to make all these exceptions for public schools and and public schools being allowed to police the speech of of their instructors and teachers and of their students. But uh, nobody wants to apply the same metric that they apply to universities, to public schools. Very interesting, from a sociological perspective at the very least. And where people are able to make excuses. I do have an AP story from APnews.com. AP is not my favorite source, but they're, they're just a newswire. They, they tend to have a little bit of bias in some areas, but they are just a newswire. This is uh, from today. It says today. I don't actually know if it's today. Today is the 25th, so this is either from the 24th or the 25th. Mixed signals from Trump on VA nominee as allegations build. His nomination in peril, Veterans Affairs nominee Ronnie Jackson fought to convince lawmakers of his leadership abilities as more details of accusations against him emerge, ranging from repeated drunkenness to a toxic work environment as he served as a top White House doctor. President Donald Trump sent mixed signals about his choice to lead the sprawling Veterans Agency, suggesting during a White House news conference that Jackson may want to withdraw because of unfair scrutiny. But the president privately urged his nominee to keep fighting to win Senate confirmation, and Jackson showed few signs of backing down. A watchdog report requested in 2012 and reviewed by the Associated Press found that Jackson and a rival physician exhibited unprofessional behaviors, that's in quotes, as they engaged in a power struggle over the White House medical unit. The six-page report by the Navy's medical inspector general found that a lack of trust in leadership and low morale among staff members who described the working environment as, quote, being caught between parents going through a bitter divorce, end quote. So that's kind of interesting. It doesn't really matter. It's just another nominee and they're all crooked and who cares. But I did think that that was a little bit interesting that the Senate's actually digging in on this guy as opposed to any of the other crooked nominees that make it into office in any number of administrations. This is interesting as well. I wanted to talk about this last time, but uh, I instead elected to cover Syria a little bit more in depth in the last episode. But this one is, is fascinating. I get this from Zero Hedge, but I originally heard about it on uh, the No Agenda show. They covered it from a different uh, angle, I suppose. Dershowitz, should Robert Mueller be investigated for violating civil liberties? This is posted on the 24th. From the story, just as the first casual... casual yes, yes. I'm going to start over. <laughs> just as the first casualty of war is truth, so too the first casualty of hyperpartisan politics is civil liberties. Many traditional civil libertarians have allowed their strong anti-Trump sentiments to erase their long-standing commitment to neutral civil, civil liberties. They are now so desperate to get Trump that they are prepared to compromise on the most basic due process rights. They forget the lesson of history that, each, that such compromises made against one's enemy are often used as precedents against one's friends. As Robert Bolt put it in the play and movie A Man for All Seasons, there's a quote from that. Continuing, but today's fair-weather civil libertarians are unwilling to give President Trump, who they regard as the devil, the benefit of the law, and civil liberties. Consider the issue of criticizing Robert Mueller, the special counsel. Any criticism or even skepticism regarding Mueller's history has been seen as motivated by a desire to help Trump. Mueller was an assistant U.S. attorney in Boston, the head of its criminal division, and the head of the criminal division in, in Maine, Justice, and director of the FBI during the most scandalous miscarriage of justice in modern history of the FBI. Four innocent people were framed by the FBI in order to protect mass murdering gangsters who were working as FBI informers while they were killing innocent people. An FBI agent who is now in prison was tipping off Whitey Bulger as to who might testify against him so these individuals could be killed. 
He also tipped off Bulger, following him, uh, allowing him to escape and remain on the land for 16 years. So that's what this story's on. It's fascinating. It, it's it's really a, a a really good kind of um, breakdown of the way that civil libertarians are reacting to the Trump presidency, and I I, I find that fascinating as well. In fact, I talked about it. I've, I've talked about it in several places, but uh, in the on the Rogue File, RogueFile.com. I, when I wrote the, the, the piece on Trump derangement syndrome, this is one of the things that I see. This is what happens with, with Trump derangement syndrome when it affects people who uh, are not liberals, um, people who are not leftists. When they're affected by Trump derangement syndrome, it, 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 it shows itself as, a, as an inability to think objectively with regard to Trump. And this is something that I've been pointing out for, for a while now is that these people who are affected by Trump derangement syndrome, be they, be they people who are leftists or, or not leftists, it affects them equally. They lack objectivity, totally. And finally, from the Washington Post, by the Associated Press, April 19th, headline, Death of Former Trump Advisor's Father Labeled Suspicious. This is one of the things that I love. I love it when, when, uh, when people who are in the, uh, in the inner circle or, or tied to people in the inner circle die suspiciously. This is, this is one of the things that is very interesting. You start going down the rabbit hole of people who die suspiciously, uh, when they're around people who have political power, it is, well, it's a rabbit hole. It's quite a rabbit hole. Philadelphia law enforcement and Pennsylvania health department officials are investigating the death of HR McMaster senior, the father of president Donald Trump's former national security advisor at a Philadelphia senior care facility. The 84-year-old McMaster, retired U.S. Army officer, died April 13th at Cathedral Village Continuing Care Retirement Facility. Local police and Pennsylvania Attorney General's Office investigators are looking into it as a suspicious death. The Philadelphia Medical Examiner's Office says McMaster died of blunt impact head trauma. Facility officials say they are cooperating with the investigators. They also say they contacted the health department and launched an internal investigation. H.R. McMaster Jr. served as Trump's national security advisor from February 2017 through March 22nd when he resigned. So, this dude died suspiciously. People are always dying suspiciously when they are tied to people in political power. Everything is sneaky up around Sneakyville. <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. Everything's sneaky up around Sneakyville. I don't know what's going on here. I just think it's interesting. That's all it really is. I just think it's interesting when, when again, people who are close to people in political power die suspiciously. Happens all the time. Small aircraft, hot tubs that get the lid closed on them while someone's inside. Uh, people, people, you know, suicide themselves twice in the back of the head. Happens all the time. Main topic. Main topic for today. What the hell's happening in Nicaragua? This is, I'm posting about this on the, uh, on the Rogue File, RogueFile.com as well. But uh, I was made aware of this on Twitter um, last week, and I actually meant to write this way earlier, but, uh, you know, aforementioned busyness happened. But uh, the situations happening in Nicaragua is, is terrifying, and I'm just going to read from what I wrote here. Most of you are probably aware of what's been happening in Nicaragua the last week. Following announced social security reforms that increase the amount that Nicaraguans paid in and decrease the amount that could draw out of the program, pensioners and students took to the streets to protest. Soon after, the protests turned violent. Police began dispersing crowds with rubber bullets and gas, and the government began censoring television and radio stations. This is not abnormal for an autocratic regime like Ortega's, but what frightens me are the actions of pro-government groups amid the chaos. Sandinista youth groups attacked pro protesters and members of the press, stealing cameras, threatening, and beating them with bludgeoning weapons. The police did not step in 
uh, to stop the violent socialists, and in some cases it was reported the attackers were, in fact, operating with police protection. Now, in order to kind of explain the context here, we need to look at the history of Ortega's regime and of Nicaragua. Very, very short. Carlos Fonseca, a Nicaraguan revolutionary, founded the uh, Sandinista National Liberation Front, the FSLN, in uh, 1961. They took power in 1979. A lot happened in between, but we're not going to cover it. <laughs> in late 1981, the Reagan administration began supporting anti-Sandinista anti rebel groups called Contras. If that sounds familiar to you, then you're paying attention. In 1984, Daniel Ortega was elected president in a general election that has been deemed to have been free and fair, except maybe it wasn't. The Sandinistas later lost three elections in 1990, 1996, and 2001, but things happened, and the 2006 elections resulted in the victory for the quasi-communist Ortega, who was re-elected in 2011 after a change, and after a change to the constitution, again re-elected in 2016. He's been called a rising dictator of sorts. But what's been going on in this particular spate of protests, uh, the police are alleged to have fired on protesters using lethal force at point-blank range, and students supply and uh, they stolen supplies and food from people who were there to support the protesters. It's also been reported that they withheld medical support from those who needed it by blocking first responders who could have assisted wounded protesters. The Sandinista youth are alleged to have killed, beaten, and threatened journalists and protesters, with police refusing to step in. Evidence of these are in the post on theroguefile.com, but because the news media is not digging into this as much as they should be, I'm stuck trying to pick out the tweets from the hashtag SOSNicaragua side of Twitter that appear to be legitimate to try and find evidence of what's going on there, try to, try to follow the story. Ortega's government has reversed the social security reforms and the protests have shifted gears to marches against the government and police violence and vigils for the dead. The public is outraged now. The violence has not stopped, with the time but the tide does seem to be ebbing, if only for the moment. If the public continues to protest the way they have been, uh, the way they've been treated by the government and their police, the violence will likely continue. I recommend keeping an eye again on hashtag SOS Nicaragua to try and try and keep up with the issue. Uh, the numbers of wounded and dead may never be truly known, but at the time of writing, some estimates I've seen place them at over 120 and over 30, respectively. That's 120, uh, 120 or more wounded and 30 or more dead. The number of missing is unknown, but from what I've seen, it must be at least as high as those wounded, probably more. Um, there was a list that I saw circulated on Twitter of, of, or a picture of a list that I saw circulated on Twitter of people who were arrested or missing. And there were supposedly 140 names on this list, and that was days ago. Um, I don't know what's going to happen next. I really don't. I, I, I'm, I question whether the people of Nicaragua are actually going to uh, replace the, the current regime. The problem, I think, that's the primary problem with what's been going on there with these protests is that what they're protesting is a, a, a social, social, social welfare system, the social security system. They were protesting part of that being taken from them, a relatively small part, actually, but, you know, to, to people who are not as rich as as uh, your average person in the U.S., then, you know, any small part counts. I, um, I'm concerned about it. I, I, I don't think that this is a revolution, and I don't think that this is going to go the way that a lot of my... My compatriots, my libertarian or, or anarchist compatriots want it to go where people institute a, a, a liberal society, liberal, you know, in the sense of, you know, uh, well, old school liberal, not current leftist liberal. I don't think it's going to happen, sadly. 
But uh, I do support the struggle of any people against oppressive, violent, uh, censorish regimes. Censorous. That's not what that word means. It means something else, but you know what I'm getting at. I do support people's struggle against their governments, especially when their governments are being violent and uh, disrespectful of, of their human rights. So good on the people of Nicaragua for fighting back. And again, keep an eye on hashtag SOS Nicaragua because this isn't over. You can read that rundown on theroguefile.com, and there's also more stuff there. There's tweets that I've seen. There's, there's a timeline from, uh, I believe, from PBS, but I'm not sure. But it is a timeline that's been circulated. It's, it's a legit timeline. All the, all the stuff checks out and everything. It's not a lie. I'm just not sure where it's from. Oh, so there's that. What I'm going to do now is, in order to welcome... Jeremiah Harding to the network, and in order to kind of uh, let you all know what you're in for with him, I'm going to uh, post a little bit of a conversation that I was a part of on one of his streams, a stream that he calls uh, Shit Shooting Sunday. It's not easy to say three times fast, but it's not the hardest thing in the world. I'm going to, uh, to post about 15 minutes of that conversation. The first voice that you will hear is Jeremiah's, and you'll be hearing much more of his voice on Alternative Internet Radio. And uh, without further ado, here he is. I posted this on my Instagram a while back, like a long while. I don't use it nearly as much as I should, but I posted, it is impossible to make the world better. Any wrong contributes to a greater pool of wrongs. Instead, make it better than it could be. I stand by that. This is one of the issues that, that we talked about that's when what I was I'm taking... Doing. Well, I agree. We're 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 working toward in the same direction. I just yes. don't think we're working toward the same goal, and that's no. the that's the big issue between between minarchists and libertarians and no, anarchists. No, 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 no. See, see, no, see, see. I already clarified this yesterday. We are both ultimately working towards the same goal. However, I know that the goal that we want to uh, go farther. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not that you want to go farther. It. I argue it from a place where I understand that it is not going to happen in my lifetime. So the only thing that I can do is reduce what we already have. And by reducing what we already have, I will probably have more of an impact with the reductionist argument than a, well, this is what at full scale needs to be ultimately uh, when we're all dead and gone with, for other See, generations. Because it's people not a scale issue, though. Because well, I used to, I used to cannot think. cannot grasp that, right? Uh, no, this is the problem. That's a, that's a point. That's a legitimate point, it's actually, point. as far as as it far as sociology and conversation people goes. To, people need that's, to get there. It's incremental again. They need to get the idea of minarchism before they can get the idea of anarchy. But we're trying to get you to see that it is plausible, it is logistically feasible, and it is technically less corrupt because of the way markets work. They become corrupted when they are influenced <coughs> by states. This is part of the reason why minicus want no regulation or very, very, very low regulation or just a right. security yep. system and legal system. But and the problem said, is, and I'll bring you back time. to what I asked before, how do you limit it? And you never answered me. I think we How do you I think limit we ultimately got off into tang tangents, but yeah, we did. Um, <laughs> yeah, my my whole thing is, and I've said this multiple times. I hope you guys have listened to every single time mm -hmm. I've said. I agree with what you're saying. I've already studied all this stuff. I firmly believe in all of this stuff that it's actually able to completely come to fruition. And I've even told people. Uh, 
Like, like I agree that the markets will correct themselves. I, I firmly, firmly agree with that. I see it. I've studied it. I've, I've, I've gone through it in my head hundreds of millions of times over different fucking multiple situations. I firmly agree with it. However, when people ask me specifically <clears throat> about the national libertarian aspect, I can't just be like, you know, I can't just argue someone like, well, monopoly will never happen, right? Because we're so close to where we are now. That well, of even course, within our, I don't think anybody's arguing course. that. Of course, no, but they, nobody's, nobody's arguing for utopia. No, no, Nobody no, no. Here oh, stop. Is. stop. Right. This is these are actual legitimate concerns that people have. So the reason I say that I'm a national libertarian and I argue for national a nationalized form of libertarianism instead of a pure unbiased worldwide form of libertarianism is because I know that's literally not going to happen in my lifetime. I know also that it's unlikely that I'll actually even get national libertarianism, but it's closer to what we have now that people can relate to it easier. Sure. I, I, I absolutely understand I, that I get from the that? rhetorical aspect of it. It makes perfect sense. The 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 mm. issue though is that I don't I'm not going to make the argument though that things that are not ethical are ethical. And this is why this is why I don't call myself a minarchist or whatever, even though I know we've got to stop at that house on the way, like like Jeremiah yeah. said yesterday. I, I know we have to stop there on the way, but mm. I don't I'm not going to call myself that because I still don't think it's ethically feasible. I, I still don't think just right. because it's 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 part of the road makes it ethical. I think I think you've the, read the you've road road rules for radicals. Yeah, I've read no, some. I, 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 like, do you you do understand like? Like I don't even I feel like this is a rhetorical question. Like you do understand that we're not going to reach an anarchistic global state. Like and and I don't mean state as in like a federally enforced. I mean like a state as in a sense of being society. Like, yeah, we're not going to reach that within our lifetimes. It's not going to be really. It's probably very likely not going to be reached in our grandchildren's lifetimes. Right. So what I am doing is I am looking farther ahead into the future for future generations that may or may not have any biological relation to me whatsoever, right? My family lineage might die off and just be and be gone by the time any of this actually implements. So my goal is to do what I can now. And if I go too far off the plot and I argue for things that most people, right? I know the ins and outs of it, but most people don't understand this. You have to like it's it's like baby steps, right? So I understand the ultimate end goal, but I also understand the ultimate end goal has already been put down in paper by people who are, who are either a smarter than me uh, or B um, it, it's already instituted in like documents. Like, like you, you guys keep bringing up Godwin. That's a great example. Godwin's not going away anytime soon, right? His words right. on Ryan, her words, like, all these people, their words are firmly implemented in texts. They're, they're going to last well beyond my death, well beyond my children's death and my grandchildren's death. They're going to be around for a long time. So what only thing that I can feasibly do to actually be active in the process of changing things for a better in the future is to incrementally argue for these things, not end goal argue for these things, right? Because when you I end goal argue it. for these things, people, and this is my experience and I, I could, because I've been doing this for a long time, right? When I end goal argue, People are like, you're fucking crazy, and they shut down, and they don't want to fucking listen. When I incrementally argue, they're more open and apt to it, and that is how you'd make the paradigm shift. The paradigm shift isn't going to just happen. You have to no. make right. it happen. Right. That's well, true, this is, and, this is and that's a fair argument, I'll actually say. It's it's a great argument, and this is where this is where I think I actually see the difference in the way that we view the world, which is what I always like to get to when when discussing things with people who I don't uh, agree with across the board. I like to try and find the worldview difference that we have. And I think the the difference in the way that we see these things, Porpoise, and correct me if I'm wrong, 
I think the difference in the way that we see these things is that where uh, you 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 see um, product and process as closer linked than I do. I, I see product and process as as two kind of separate entities, and that the process right is 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 one thing, and the product is another, and. So I'm I'm that's why I am an incrementalist un, unlike you know unlike some 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 uh, market anarchists are are not incrementalists and they don't want to compromise on things in order to start walking down the road right but uh, process and product to me are totally separate so product I'll argue product in one case and I'll argue process in another this is why I, I try to stay up to date on political science and political theory and law mm. is because that's all process and product is is its own thing and, uh, and let, me just, I'm, I'm let, me, let me just let me just say this one thing cuz I know Lupin it has to leave um, yeah. <laughs> but essentially I think that this boils down to monolithizing uh, the the average person with all the other average people um, I mean, next week's topic is going to be environmentalism and, uh, you know, if it matters or not. But essentially, um, what we're talking about here is human nature, which I don't like it as an argument when Porpoise does it, and I don't like it as an argument when Dean does it. Uh, no offense to either <laughs> of you, but, uh, but I, think that, I think that, you know, we would have to go watch anthropologically how people operated back in the older societies, I think we would have to basically doctor who it and build a time machine to truly study it. But at yeah. the same time, um, I, like my personal, like, cause, so I don't want to get lost in the weeds with human nature. My personal approach to it is everybody's got a party. Everybody's got a place that they can be and everybody's got so, some sort of way that they can be marketed to, to either reduce or totally abolish the state, with very few exceptions to that rule. Like, there are some people who are totally non-receptive, but most people have a way they can be reached, and you have to find them where that is instead of trying to jam it through the way you are. So, my particular approach is that we need people like Porpoiseful, we need people like Dean, like, you know, Mance, like, um, like, like, like Bird, we need people like Finian, we need people who can reach people in different ways. We need people like Nina, who was here for the first shit-shooting Sunday, yeah. because we need people to be able to market this to women. And women oftentimes think that uh, that they're part of a club that women can only you know, join and speak the language of. We need to be able to market this to many groups. And I think thinking of people as something that only one tactic will work with, or only one tactic will work with well, um, I think that that's a very isolated way of thinking of it, and I, I won't do it. I want to get this in front of as many people as possible in as many ways as possible, which is why I'm allow uh, like willing to, to allow people that I totally disagree with, like might be happening next uh, next week on my, uh, on my shit shooting Sundays here, because while this is an informal stream, I think the fact that people are arguing with one another is very beneficial and productive, especially since refining that sort of thing in the fire will make you better at arguing for national libertarianism, uh, Porpoise, mm -hmm. and you better at arguing for complete anarchy, Dean Finian and Lupinin. So, mm -hmm. I mean, re re reasonably no, I'm, speaking, I'm... there's always a way to reach people, and that's, that's, that's what I want to get across, because the only way this thing is ever going to have the paradigm shift in real terms, in concrete terms, is if we act like a body of people who have a niche for every niche. 
Yeah. I mean, I want to let, uh, I, I, I let, before we get too far on that, I want to let people know Nina Maria Bestiad is awesome and she is at Estadocita on Twitter. Well, Estadocita. Nice one, right. If you wanted to yeah. pronounce it. Yeah, Estadocita. I'm not I'm good gonna, at, at, guys, at those languages. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be making a run, guys. Purposeful. I really did appreciate the conversation. It didn't descend into any ad hominem or anything. You're. The way what you're trying to do is valid. I'm not going to say it isn't because you're right. We probably will never see this in our, any of our lifetimes. I would hope that singularity actually occurs before some of this, so I might be able to see this computer <laughs> fucking program. Technology. Right, we'll see. If I can be uploaded, I will be happy. I do want to but... see you all here next week because we're yes. talking environmentalism and that ties in directly with that particular end of this video. Okay. All right. So um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to go to my, my daughter's coming back from her grandmother. So um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to leave with, with Lupin. Fair enough. See you, Dean. But yeah, for me, I just wanted to add one thing. The only reason I don't argue the pragmatic approach on a regular basis is to remain consistent and remain yep. as logical as and I can. And that's why I don't either, but I'm fine with people who do. I, I yeah. am as well, because they are getting us towards the goal. As long as but they're willing for to me be... to call them border cucks. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I embrace it. I actually, so I mean, it works. Yeah, fair enough. But uh, I mean, I'm gonna, if I have to accept that there are flaws to it, I'm I'm happy. And but anyway, I hope to see you all next. The end week, result is better. That that's my yeah. primary thing. I hope that y'all show up next week because I think that when we really dig into our impact on the planet, I think that that's going to pull out a lot of good shit. And I was just going to say what everybody else was saying that the end objective is what is what is important. And like mm -hmm. like Friedman's son, I think, was saying in one video recently, like how in each individual gets there or furthers us towards that goal doesn't really matter. And the more people we have taking different paths, the better. So if anybody working towards individual liberties objective is a friend of mine. So and yeah, gotcha. the only site that I'm really on these days is steamit.com is Finian. Thank you. Yeah, no, I've I already stated I mean I like all you guys. Even even Finian, I've never met you, but yeah, you're <laughs> you're fine. I don't <laughs> my my personal philosophy is there is no hate. To hate someone is to actually be passionate about someone. Uh <laughs> so, yeah, just writing writing them off is is about as uh uh you know woke as I fucking get there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, uh, apathy. Apathy is the worst thing you can have for somebody. Yep, exactly. But even then, uh, if if they're open to to bait you, like uh, Jeremiah said, and, and make your arguments, uh, flesh them out and give you something to think about that's, you know, that's use them. <laughs> there, there are a number of socialists that I have to admit have had to make me formulate arguments that mm -hmm. I couldn't have gotten out of my head otherwise. And they've then gone on to be entire blog posts. <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. That's why I. Uh, that's why I've been recently uh, to to the people that are or or more on like the rel religiosity side of uh, things that I am that I that I discuss or whatever. They've been uh, they've been on recently on this kick of like playing God because it's you know that's starting to get into like biology and gene manipulation, starting to get serious and all this other stuff. I'm like, you guys have to understand, like even under like, like I've studied religion as uh, along with philosophy. So I've, I've studied lots of different religions and I've, I understand that lots of them are most of them actually, maybe even all of them are, are more similar than not. 
And uh, one of the main things that they all have in common is that uh, God or gods, whatever, you know, whether it's mono or, or, or poly, uh, the gods created, you know, the physical realm. They created our bodies and then gave us this thing called free thought. Um, and then they gave us control of the natural. <clears throat> world so to think that like the biological aspect of like you know maybe one day i'll have a, a techno organic arm or i'll be able to implant a chip in my brain if i want to that'll download uh, gps you know navigation coordinates and i'll just be able to know where i'm going and shit like that like that's in my personal philosophical theological opinion that's not playing god playing god is things like censorship mm. yep yeah or, or when people say you can't question the truth anymore because of course mm -hmm. one of the keys to truth is all of us no matter what our perspective is we should be allowed to question it and debate it. Yep. yep. And I hope to see you all next next week so that we can debate environmentalism and human impact. Sounds Word. good. Thank you. Everybody. All right. Well, be well, everyone. This, I think, was pretty productive. Um, I'm ending this broadcast relatively soon, and there will be a post-show with cookies in the dark side. <laughs> see you guys. Good night, everybody. That was a really, really fun conversation. I was very glad to be a part of it. I uh, I really like what we were what we were able to talk about. It was a three hour stream, very long stream. I was really really happy to be there, and I'm very happy to have Jeremiah on the network. Just to say, following up on all of that, there was an edit in that little thing there. There were a lot of people talking over one another, and I was saying bye at the same time. So you know, I I chopped out a piece of it that was confusing and and not not easy to listen to. <laughs> um, but outside of all of that, that is that's kind of who you're in for with Jeremiah. Again, he was that first voice that you heard in that clip. And uh, I want to thank everyone so much for listening. Remember, everybody, you can follow me on Twitter at DinoFiles, no spaces, no dashes. You can follow the network on Twitter at AltNetRadio. The show and other shows can be found on AIRAD.io, Alternative Internet Radio. You can find the uh, posts that go up in conjunction with these episodes on the Rogue File roguefile.com you can also donate from there or from alternative internet radio you can also buy merch if you want something for your money we have merch thank you to those uh, who are in the live chat thank you very much to all of you thank you for those who download to listen thank you to those who rate and review on iTunes or whatever platform they're all wonderful people and uh, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And I will see you all next week. Y'all have a great week. This show is part of the Alternative Internet Radio Podcast Network. For more great shows like this, visit AIR at AIRAD.io.